Well, and some, but sometimes with writing, even with a pencil and paper, you can actually access a different part of the brain. Yeah. So it's, it's different than talking. When we talk, we can access, you know, one part of the brain, but when you write, sometimes I have my patients write because they'll come up with different information. They'll, uh, And welcome to the Zainab Canoe Show, where we empower motherless daughters to change, to grow, and to heal. My name is Zainab, and I am your host. Thank you for joining me. If this is your first time, please make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, follow me on Instagram, and join our Facebook support group at the Zainab Canoe Show. For my returners, thank you so much for trusting me and giving me a second chance. I am a motherless daughter due to toxic and non-existent relationship with my mother. And I have gone from broken to blissful and from pain to purpose. Yes. Let me show you how you can remother yourself. Hello. So imagine this. Six years of age, the only memory you have of your mother is her attempt to suffocate you because she was mad. Six. That's the only childhood memory that you have. And then, fast forward, at the age of 14, you had an opportunity to meet her again and be around her but when you're around her, all you could feel and hear and see is her constant judging of you. Ooh, why you look like that? Ooh, you're not light enough. Like, you're so dark. Ooh, why you look like that? Why you stand like that? You look just like your father's side, the primitive side, the countryside. Hmm. You're 14. You're being told these things, not just from your mother, but from some of her family members. At the age of 14, you started developing stretch marks on the side of your waist. Oh gosh, you have stretch mark on the side of your waist? Gosh, oof. You're 14, again. Then you start to wonder, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Then you try to put it on the back of your mind. Cause you're like, but she's my mom, she loves me. Even though she tells me I don't look right, and I'm too dark, but she's my mother, so what the hell? <sighs> Let me suck it in. I can handle this. I'm going to try again. Then, you try again. At the age of 19, you're around her again. You upset her. And she looks you right in your eye. And she says, look at you. You don't look good enough to be my child. Can't you see? Look at this girl over here. She's my child. You are not. You don't look fit. You don't look good enough to be my child. Okay? I guess I'm not. Then you try again. Say, yes, I'm going to give this relationship 
one more try. You try again to have a relationship with her, right? And then at the age of like 25, 26, you upset her again, right? Just minor upsets. These are nothing major. Just very minor upsets. And you're talking to her on the phone and she says, if I had a gun, I would kill you myself. I will shoot you. I will kill you. Really? Okay. Then you start to wonder, am I that bad? Am I that awful? What's wrong with me? Why doesn't she like me? Every time I'm around her, she looks at me with disgust. She hates my gut. She hates everything about me. She tells me she can't stand me. She tells me I don't look right. She never compliments me. Never says anything positive to me. And I'm like, God, something must be wrong with me. It's me. It's me. Then I go on Instagram and I see all the comments. Oh my gosh. Mothers are so valuable. Mothers are so amazing. You only have one. You should love them forever. Oh my gosh. And you're like, wow. Why don't I have that relationship with her? I don't know. I don't know. And then you see a post of someone upset that they have a toxic relationship with their mother. And you read the comments underneath and you see a comment. Your mother is always going to be your, mo your mother. You are just spoiled. And you're like, what? Do you know what I've been through? Do you have an idea what I've been through? Do you know what type of mother I have? I have a mother. You have a mommy. There's a difference. A mommy maintains a relationship with their child. They work on building the bond with their child. They're nurturers, supporters. They guide you. They love you. They're there for you unconditionally so you know how that feels guess what you don't know is what a toxic relationship feels like with your own mother imagine trying over and over and over and over again to build this bond to build this relationship with your mother and it's just not there. No matter what you do, no matter how you try, there are some people that have tried therapy with their mothers and it has not been effective. Because some mothers are so bad that even their own kids choose non-contact. Before you judge them, Think for a moment. Do you think that I am okay initially to not have a relationship with my mother? If I walk away, it's because I had to. If I stepped away and I choose non-contact, it's because I had no choice. There are mothers that are just simply bad.
changes that. And society constantly give mothers a pass because they're mothers, they're women. But guess what? There are a lot of mothers in this world that are not good mommies. So before you tell me what to do and how to do it, I want you to think and know that I had no choice. I didn't wake up and not want to be mothered. I never had it. So, yes, my mother is always going to be my mother. And no, she's not my mommy. She is just my mother. So I'm at work having a really good day, having laughter, an awesome day with friends, co-workers, and all of a sudden I get this awful feeling. I can't breathe. My throat feels like someone is choking me. I can barely get an air in. And then I start feeling dizzy. I start feeling like something is happening. And I start calling friends and family like, do you guys feel like, I feel like something bad is going to happen. I feel like something is wrong. Something is happening. I don't know what it is. Do you, do you know? I can't breathe. I feel nauseous. I feel so sick to my stomach. Do you feel it? Because I can feel it. Am I the only one that's feeling it? Oh my God. My chest is palpating. It's running really high. My heart rate is just going, beating really, really fast. I'm like, what's happening? What's going on? I don't know. It's my anxiety. Today, we're going to talk about anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I have with me Stacy Wright. Hello. <laughs> Stacy, thank you for being here. I'm so Absolutely. happy. You know, I love you, of course. Oh, I stalk I you. <laughs> So guys, Stacy is in her 22 year as a therapist. She has a degree in dance and psychology, a bachelor's, and then a master's in mental health, correct? It's like Well, it's in creative arts and therapy. Okay, creative. So it's a master's degree that allowed me to pursue counseling. So 22 years, a lot of knowledge. Please make sure to link Put down your comments below if you have any questions. Remember, she was on season one, letting you know how to go about finding a great therapist. So today, we're going to talk about anxiety. What I just talked about. The feeling where you feel so awful. I don't even wish that on my enemy. Stacy. what is anxiety? Oh, it's a real thing. I have a little bit of it right now. <laughs> um... You know, your your description is part of it. It's it's often us just having um, intense worry and yes. feeling overwhelmed. And um, a lot of times if we're not taking care of our basic needs, we end up in that kind of a place. Um, and it doesn't always have to be a bad thing. It, it sometimes is a warning sign for us. It sometimes can be a good thing. And when I when I work with people in counseling, I often say we're going to learn to manage it, but it might not completely go away because it doesn't have to be a bad thing. If we can kind of reframe how we look at it, okay. it can be it can be a good thing in your life, but managing it so you don't feel like you felt at work that morning is, is certainly something. It's awful. Awful. I hate every minute of it, but I'm learning to manage it. Mm -hmm. So for my motherless daughters... You just talked about something that's so important, which is your basic needs. Mm -hmm. As I was researching for this episode, um, I learned about, well, of course, as a nurse, I've learned about Maslow hierarchy. Yes. Now, he talks about how, you know, there's certain things that if you don't have it, which is belonging and love. Right. Those needs, if those needs are not met, 
that you experience anxiety and depression. Now, for my motherless daughters, a lot of them have not experienced that belonging. Mm-hmm. They have not experienced that love. So for them, anxiety, the fear of the unknown, the lack of safety, security is a real thing to them. Right. And that finding a place to belong, that community, that love, all of that is missing for them. What can they do about the anxiety? Oh, that's a tough one. (laughs) But you're right. I think part of it is finding something. um, Safety is probably really important. Feeling um, a community or even with finding possibly a counselor or someone where you can, you know, take the time to tell your story and learn about yourself and have that insight. Um, and, and some of it as my stomach's growling is like basic things like having food and water and shelter and, you know, certain, certain things, making sure you do your own self care and making sure, um, that you involve yourself with positive people, whether it be, um, you know, a therapy group, church, you know, certain, certain places where you can find that love and support, you know, good friends, you know, family, you know, those things. And it's, it's probably hard for some of your viewers in that regard. Very much so. For a lot of them, they are, they're missing that support. And I'm trying to teach them like, listen, you can get a support. Your family doesn't necessarily have to be your only support system. A support system is someone who cares about your well-being, someone who wants the best for you, someone who is looking out to make sure that your basic needs are met. They allow you to grow and thrive. So it doesn't necessarily have to be your family members. And you have the power to actually recreate the type of family that you want. So you get to choose to say, you know what, I have this friend that's so good to me. They call and check on me. They want to make sure that I'm okay. And I I feel really good when I'm with them. And you're also reciprocating that friendship. That's a healthy relationship. That could be a support system. Your therapist could be a support system for you. Your church members, depending on the environment, they can be a support system for you. So I just want you to know that if you don't have your family, it's okay. You have the power to create the family that you want. And Stacey, if you can just tell them some of the anxiety for them to look, the signs and symptoms for family members, for people that are like, um, you have, like I have a friend or a friend that, you know, is like, well, I don't know. Cause sometimes anxiety, some people can experience, um, what you call it? Um, uh, seizures. Right, right. Yes, they can experience seizures, guys. I did not know. Or think they're having a heart attack. Of course. Yeah, that you can have, your anxiety can be so bad that it turns into seizure. And I just learned this like a week ago Mm -hmm. at work. Right. Someone was having seizure and the doctor was like, no, that's anxiety. I was like. Wow. Yeah. What? That is anxiety? So if you can just tell them some of the signs and symptoms to um, look for. Yeah, sometimes it's that racing heart. Sometimes it's sweaty palms. Sometimes it's um, feeling dizzy or, um, as I know, said, like a nauseated feeling, like stomach pains, that sort of thing. Um, and it and it can and it can make you very overwhelmed. And it can also be coupled with depression if the symptoms. Um, anxiety and depression kind of live together. So sometimes anxiety can get so bad that then it kind of makes the depression, if you have depression, um, some people have more anxiety and less depression, but if the symptoms aren't managed, then all of a sudden you're feeling more depressed and it can be that you don't want to leave the house. You know, it can be, you know, feeling like I don't want to shower this morning or, you know, Mm -hmm. something, you know, um, it can make your daily kind of your daily tasks that we might take for granted, you know, make them very difficult. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to take a shower. I don't want to, you know, so it can be. A chronic anxiety ends up turning into depression. That is because when you limit your activities, your daily engagements with other people, we as human beings, we need to interact to survive, to thrive. And if you limit that where you are in a home, I read a story a lady, 
she was doing fine, just like how I was, where she was at the bank with a friend and her husband, she, she just, she's going through a divorce. And then her, um, her father passed away like the same week. So she's thinking, I got this. I can handle this. I am good. Great, right? And she was at the bank. And all of a sudden, she started experiencing anxiety. She said it came out of nowhere. Mm. Her friend helped her. Because she was so bad, everybody got worried. Of course, another symptom is chest pain. Yes. You feel like you're having a heart attack. So everyone started getting worried around her. They were like, what's going on? She went home. And for four years, she did not leave her home. Four years. Hmm. It was that bad. Mm -hmm. It took everything for her to be able to leave the house. A lot of therapy, a lot of family support and her friends. Can you believe that? She thought she was doing perfectly fine and out of nowhere at the bank. She started experiencing the symptoms that literally got her stuck in her home for four years. I mean, where do you go from there? Yeah. I was just like, what is happening? What's going on? When I was reading it, I felt bad. And I know that from... Being in the home for that long, she probably did experience depression. Because there's no way. Right, you can be right. isolated from society and not express experience depression. Right, so just, right. Okay, so now. So this there's is real. probably something underlying, too. And that's where counseling comes in. Because okay. sometimes the anxiety is a trigger for something that's kind of underneath. Yes. You know, I have a patient right now that I'm working with. And I'm really trying to get her to kind of dig a little deeper because we're doing a lot of the self-care and the meditation and the other the other aspects but you know she really needs to kind of figure out is it relationship driven is Mm -hmm. it um, loss driven sometimes with grief or losing somebody you love um, that can trigger more anxiety Um, but it's it's really and 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 actually the other the other symptom that this person has is that she doesn't want to be left alone. Ooh, and that's even you that's know, the opposite. It's the opposite, yeah. So that's another that's another aspect of she like she comes home, she's a senior in high school, she comes home and she doesn't want to um, she she's waiting till somebody comes home or her boyfriend calls her or something so wow. that she can um, not have to sit with herself. Some of it is, I think people worrying, having trouble sitting with themselves, you know, and feeling comfortable in their own skin. Oh and my gosh. Yeah. So it can manifest in so many different ways. I didn't think know. about the opposite side of it, that you can either don't want to be around people or you can want to be around people all the time because that's when you feel safe. And you're not focused. Then you're not focusing so you, on yourself either. You don't want to hear your own thoughts. Exactly. exactly. Oh, that's so scary. Yeah. And sometimes that's when medication needs to be an option. You know, wow. Unfortunately. Okay. We're digging deeper. Yeah. I know. I had to dig deeper. Yes. I had to go within. And it was very painful. Mm. I hated it. Because, you know, when you go see a therapist... <laughs> They ask you questions, even when you don't feel like talking. Sometimes you just want to be like, just fix me. That's it. Just fix me. I don't care about all that stuff. So, guys, I learned something called EFT, right? Mm -hmm. Do you know that? EFT, Mm -hmm. where you do the tapping of the hand. (laughs) So, my therapist was teaching me that. Because my therapist, I really don't like to be... Like, if the environment is not safe, I don't want to be touched. So, (laughs) So, when I am... You know, I don't know him. You know, I'm learning this whole therapy thing, whatnot. And so he goes, Zaina, can I touch you? I'm like, no. Don't you dare touch me. He's like, well, what I want to do is I want to teach you something. But if you don't want me to touch you, that's fine. So he started doing the tapping, right? So the first time he did it, I was like, that is so weird. Who's going to do that? I'm not doing that. And then we came the next day. And he said, well, two days later. And he's like, would you like to try it again? And I was like, "Mm, no. I said no the first time. He said, okay. 
So I went, since he asked me a second time, I went home and I researched. You know, you guys know I love to read. So I researched, like, I'm like, okay, well, let's find out what's going on with this EFT he's talking about. He says it's beneficial. So I went and I did a little bit of reading and I watched, um, uh, like, a documentary on it on Netflix, I believe. And then I was like, so I emailed him. I said, oh, I want to try <laughs> I was like, I want to try this. Can you, yeah. like, can we do it? So I went the next week for my therapy session, and he started doing it, and I followed him. And it's just like the tapping, mm -hmm. you know. It's like you start off with saying, even though I was molested, or whatever the case may be, even though that happened to me, however, I still love and support me. You can say whatever statement you want. You don't necessarily have to, but there's like a, I will Almost show. like a positive affirmation. Yeah, it's a positive kind of affirmation. I still honor me. I still love me. I still respect me. Something in that fashion. And, but the vibration of doing this, yeah, it's so like that vibration. I, I'm getting chills right now as I'm doing it. It's, it's so common and I do it like legit. <laughs> all the time like the face one? yes it's yeah. the face one yeah, yeah. then you do like this yeah. and you oh my gosh that feels so good and then there's a vibration right here and then you do it underneath the yeah. eye i know all the spots yeah you do it right here mm -hmm. you do it right here it's an energy it's called energy healing you know eft energy something healing mm -hmm. i'm gonna put the the sheet that i use i'll put it up so you guys can see what it is but it has like even when I'm at work and I start feeling anxious, I literally go to the bathroom. Now, you guys know I'm authentic. You know, I just, I, I, I don't have no room to lie. I'm just going to tell you. I still do it. And I go to the bathroom and I just tap. I tap this morning before coming. <laughs> I just do it, you know, like a chopping board. You know, you just, you just get that. And it's just so calming. The vibration just calms me down. What do you do to help you with the anxiety? Comment below. I want to know. I want to know. I want to make sure that you are taking good care of yourself. You're practicing self-care, whatever that may look like, whatever that means to you. One of the things that I do is the park. I love the park. I love the woods. Outside. I'm that African girl. I love the park. You cannot get me away from there with the water scene, whatever you call it, the lake, the river. I sit there and I just like, I read and it's so common. I can go for a ride. I love the back roads. Yeah. I go for a ride, a long ride. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going for a ride. And by the time I come back, I'm happy. I'm at peace. I'm no longer anxious. And ever since I started doing the EFT, to be quite honest, um, my anxiety has decreased because I used to get it not just once a day, but a couple of times every day where I have that sick feeling to my stomach. But that all stems from the lack of support that I didn't have. And I didn't know I could actually support myself and create my own support system. Um... It also comes from being molested as a child, like too many times. Sometimes I don't even want to think about it. And of course I was going through marital issues. I mean, it literally, I was so broken, feeling so unloved, feeling so unsafe to the point that I started experiencing it. So I don't know what you do. But EFT is one of them. You can try it. <laughs> Don't judge like me because I judge a lot. What are some Be of the open things? Minded. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah. That was hard. It is hard. Because it looked weird. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's good now. What are some of the things that um, my motherless daughters can do? Um, I, I think nature is a really a really important one, um, exercise, uh, walking, and you don't have to, if you're not really an active, active person, you don't have to be an athlete, but, you know, taking that time to do some sort of exercise can actually help, um, meditation, you know, prayer, um, journaling, 
Yes. Yeah, journaling is a really good thing. I journal. I hope no one ever gets to see my journal. Because <laughs> that's why I bet. Yeah. You know, yeah. now I'm starting to do like a video one. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm tired. My hand hurts from writing. <laughs> yeah. So I just do the video one. Well, and some, but sometimes with writing, even with a pencil and paper, you can actually access a different part of the brain. Yeah, so it's it's different than talking. When we talk, we can access you know one part of the brain, but when you write, sometimes I have my patients write because they'll come up with different information. They'll uh, they'll really learn more about themselves. I have a couple people. I'm like, just write it down. Let's see what happens. You know, so that's that's a really good you know. And we're you know we're so electronic these days that we get away from. Something so primitive as pencil and paper, but it, it, it can be really, it, you know, you can learn and, and just freely writing whatever comes off the pencil, you know, and not uh, not thinking about um, exactly what we want to compose because someone else is going to read it. It's it's not about somebody else reading it. And art's the uh, another one. Art, and dance, anything creative, you know, yes. arts and crafts. People put a lot of, you know, energy into that. and. Okay. Um, being in the present moment, a lot of times when we're anxious, we're about... Mindfulness. Yes. That's your thing. Yes, yes, <laughs> Talk yes. about mindfulness. So mindfulness <laughs> is really being in the moment because even coming here today, you know, this is different because we, last time we did just an audio and not a visual and I'm like, oh gosh, is my hair okay? Is my makeup okay? Is You know, so um, the anticipation when we're anxious, we're anticipating an event that hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. So... Um, if you're, you know, some of us get anxious for Monday mornings because mm -hmm. we've had a couple of days off. Start Sunday night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's really trying to, mindfulness is really being in the present moment and really kind of being okay with that and breathing in that moment and being in that moment and enjoying it. And um, I can remember a good friend of mine in college used to tell me, just be, just be. Because I was always that person that was, okay, what's next? You know, what's next? <laughs> and there's something really powerful in being in the moment. And, you know, when you're at the park enjoying nature yes. and just really looking at things, we get so busy in our lives that we don't look at things. We don't notice mm -hmm. when the trees have lost their leaves or we don't notice. I mean, I love when it snows and you see that little bit of snow across a, 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 a branch. <laughs> yes. you know, like, or, or even um, hearing, you know, sounds, hearing birds, you know, there's a bird outside my office window and I really pay attention to that bird when it's there. I just, I'm like, oh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's just really being in the moment and loving nature and being, being present, you know, and sometimes that's really hard. Like my patient that I was talking about, mm -hmm. I think she's really struggling with being in the moment, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that's tough though, only because. Being in the moment, you have to be okay with you first and your thoughts. Right. And that can be a dangerous place sometimes. Yes. Or feel very unsafe when we talk about Maslow's hierarchy. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh gosh, I don't want to be here. Yeah. Because there was one time, Stacey, oh my gosh, I was afraid to go to sleep. Mm hmm Because when I would go to sleep, I would meet my molesters in my sleep. Oh, nightmares. And, yep. Yeah. It was awful. Mm hmm So because of that, I literally hated going to sleep mm. and I would like like cringe like I would just my oh my it was awful uh, and yeah. now that I think about it it's almost like not wanting to be alone with your thoughts because when I go to sleep it's like somehow I'm probably thinking about it and that's how it all starts right, right. you know that I end up dreaming about it right. so you have to be okay with yourself and your thoughts right for you to be like Right. And that's sort of what I talked about with anxiety. Mm -hmm. We want to get rid of it. We want to run from it. But embracing it is sometimes dealing with those really difficult, dark places in ourselves. But if we do, and I'm, I'm sure you can attest to mm -hmm. this, you know, when you face those things and you really deal with those things, then you have more insight and you get more comfortable in your own skin and you can grow. Yes. And, oh, I have this book I've been reading and, um, it, it just talked about how sometimes we just have to be okay with the changes because it's mm -hmm. going to be inevitable. You know, change is the only constant. Um, and, you know, being okay that we're going to be, we're going to get through it somehow, yeah. you know. 
That's what I tell myself. Yeah. I tell myself now, it's just today. Tomorrow's going to be a better day. Like, even when I'm going through, I have a friend that told me, because one time, I had to, I had an accident in May, and I didn't work for three months, and it was just Mm -hmm. like, between that coupling with my anxiety and everything else, I mean, it was just, it was a mess, and I literally had a nervous breakdown in July, Mm -hmm. and my friend said, Z, like, what are you doing? She was like, nothing is important if it's not a life and death situation. Right. Like, everything is going to pass. And literally, that one statement has stuck with me. So for me now, I'm okay. I'm okay with not having everything, with not, you know, because I'll get anxiety over, like, finances or being perfect or being this or being that. You know, just like little stuff, and I'll get like, if someone did something to me, I will literally just start going crazy. But I'm like, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow mm-hmm. is going to be a different day. Tomorrow is going to be a better day. It's not a life and death situation. Nothing is an emergency if it's not a life and death situation. If no one is dying, no one is in the hospital, there's no need for me to be going crazy like how I used to. I don't Mm -hmm. do that anymore. So I really appreciate you sharing that because now it's like, I, it's just like, you know what? I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And a therapist had told me to start saying to myself, I am safe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I would say, I am safe. I'm in a safe place. Mm -hmm. You know, because sometimes I wake up with anxiety. Right, right. You know, and at night, like in the middle of my sleep, 3 a.m. in the morning. Because mm-hmm. I'm worried about something. Right, right. <laughs> Before I will go to bed, so. I feel like we have to trust our journey. You know, sometimes our journey is hard. Sometimes it's difficult. But trusting yourself that you're going you're gonna to make progress. So faith is my, I don't know, it's just having faith in yourself, I guess, having faith in the ability to um, heal and and be okay. I want to list some of the things that you can do. Stacy just talked about a couple, and one of them is self-care, relaxation. Oh, that deep breathing, diaphragm breathing. Yeah, breathing, breathing from your abdomen is really like an important thing. And some of us, um, I work with a lot of children and the kids, I I made the mistake of saying this in a bad way with one kid and he got really upset. But some people that are more anxious, we're actually, our breathing is actually wired almost backwards. So when you, I, if you have anxiety and you breathe from very shallow, Mm -hmm. then it can make you hyperventilate. Yeah. So I myself was kind of wired back backwards when I did an inhale, I would like, I can't even do it wrong now, but I would, and then exhale, (laughs) you know, and it would be like, so, so with the diaphragmatic breathing, I always say, put your, put your middle fingers together, Mm -hmm. just the tips of your your middle middle. finger. Okay. Yeah. And when you inhale, you want to fill up your, your belly like a balloon. So it want you want to inhale and then exhale. So if you're trying that at home, you're going to, if, if it feels like you're going the opposite way, mm-hmm. you can retrain your body and it just takes time. I always tell people to do five of those breaths at night mm-hmm. and you can retrain your body to, to breathe in the, and I, you know, to breathe the right way. I don't know that there's <laughs> right and wrong in the world all the time, but, yeah. but it will be more effective and it'll be more calming. So when you're stressed, like, mm-hmm. you know, in an anxiety producing situation, like being here a little bit, I'm getting better now. I feel good now. Um, but it, it can, it can assist you in a different way and, and being able to breathe, you okay. know, a little bit lower. Yeah. So it's like when you put your fingers 
your middle finger together like that. You know, I was taught that that's to kind of watch your your fingers or your hands or whatever elevate as you inhale, and right. then it goes in as you exhale. Yeah, and I always say try to move them apart with the breath. Oh, move them yeah. apart. So okay. When you, like, see how there's, like, a tiny bit of a gap? Uh-huh. Yeah, there should be, like... Oh, okay. Like, you should make your belly... And us as women, we don't love doing that, but you should make <laughs> your belly really big, like, filling up the balloon, <laughs> and then letting it come back down. And and okay. And even counting for five is a good one, you know, to inhale for five. Hold it for five. Oh! And then exhale for five. Okay, let's try that. Okay, okay, okay. So inhale yeah. for five. Hold it. And exhale. I yeah. still would think my fingers were moving. No, and, and that's something for you to practice. Because you did a little bit more of that up and down. I know. Instead of the out and in. So you see, I'm showing you how not to do it, okay? <laughs> yeah. Because I did that all wrong, okay? But it's, it's how yeah. not to do it. And there's lots of apps online, too. Um, oh, yeah. There's meditation apps that are great. I... I, I'm not supposed to promote any, but um, <laughs> there's there's several that you don't have to pay for. Don't pay for them. There's some really a good great ones. One. Am oh. I allowed to say or no? Probably, um, probably not. Not yeah. yet, but okay. I'll put the link below. Uh, oh, yes, yes. So you're telling I'll put the yeah. link below. So there's really great apps um, that can help you. There's music. You know, music. Mm -hmm. I, we didn't even talk about music. Mm -hmm. um, music is an awesome way to calm you down. For me, like piano music or guitar music. <gasps> guitar, that's the guy right there. Yes. He so... loves guitar. He can play for hours. It's so soothing. <laughs> it's so There's just something so beautiful about music. And, okay. You know, the, my, my master's degree was in creative arts and therapy. That, that That's largely because I believe that movement and music and art can, can heal, you know, can help. Okay. So. It is true, though. Yeah. It is true, because I love music. I do. I love music. So, but I also love anything that allows me to be creative actually decreases my anxiety. When I am doing something that I'm just not a, like a robot. Right. I'm actually utilizing, utilizing my brain. I love it. When I get to think, I get to figure things out. Uh, anything that allows me to be creative, I love it. Let me give you some other stuff. So diet. I learned your diet can affect your anxiety. I cannot drink coffee. I become a crazy woman when I drink coffee. I cannot do it because That's it just... point. Caffeine. Yeah. Yes. It makes my anxiety like rise to the top. So I don't drink coffee. What are some of the th uh, foods? Do you think there are any other foods other than a drink coffee? Well, I mean, now the big study is sugar. You know, sugar oh. can affect having too much sugar. And, okay. and we're all programmed to want sugar, you know, like more, Sugar, more, more. sugar, give me more. Um, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I know that one's a concern. But, you know, obviously being mindful, <laughs> there's that word again, um, <laughs> of what we put in our bodies, you know, fruits and vegetables and healthy things. Um protein and not too much of the, you know, sugar or carbohydrates, you know, okay. we all have, I know, you know, I know the holidays are coming and we have to have cookies, but cookies and chocolate. Know, it's Christmas time. Yeah. Now. I can do yeah. chocolate and cookies Christmas. And then what's the other holiday? Valentine's day. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you and go. then Easter. Right, right. Oh my gosh. It's like almost every, like every month there's something that I have to do chocolate for. I love it. Why not? Um, so now they, they talk about avoiding alcohol and recreational drugs mm -hmm. that does affect your anxiety. Um, alcohol is a depressant. So if you have anxiety, mm -hmm. um, and depression kind of living together and you drink, it can certainly, it can certainly make things worse, you know, mm. depression wise and, um, yeah. I mean, we always have to be careful with that. Yeah. You know, I, I've no been, drugs, Yeah. no drugs. Like for real. Yeah. No drugs. Like it literally, you're just masking your symptoms. You're just masking. Like when you wake up, it's going to be there. So no drugs. Absolutely. Unless I mean, they're prescribed. Unless they're prescribed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And don't abuse prescription drugs as well. Agreed. Agreed. Do not abuse prescription drugs. Because it literally, it just, 
amplifies your problems, your issues, just gets larger and larger. You know, I, I see it every day. Absolutely. Every day. Absolutely. People take these drugs thinking that their problems are going to go away, but it does not. Listen to me. It does not. Okay. Now, let's see. Joining a support group. What are some of the support groups that people can uh, join? Um, I feel like there's not a ton in our area. I don't know, I know. if you found any. I mean, there are therapy mm. groups at different practices. Um, I know the practice I work for, we're trying to do more support groups for, for women specifically with anxiety and depression. Okay. Um, but I don't know that... Th I feel like there's not a, as much support as there could be you know but sometimes it's looking at like a local practice and calling them and seeing if they offer a group because um, having other people to share ideas with or stories with can be really really oh. helpful and then sometimes doing yoga or meditation like if you find a place they um they often do group kind of work that way okay. i prefer to meditate individually but because um, I will pay attention to someone else's breathing and not my own. Um, but, I, you know, there's certainly, you know, probably I wish there was more of that, you know. And certainly when you talk about recovery process, you mm -hmm. know, there are AA groups, there are different, different support groups that way. I've been, um, I'm not trained as a drug and alcohol counselor, but I've been doing a lot of um, reading about the 12 steps. And even if you're not an alcoholic or addict, I feel like there's merit in the steps. If you, mm -hmm. if you read, there's actually a book specific for women too, that I'm reading. Oh. Um, I can tell you about that one. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but, um, there's a lot of positives and working, kind of working the steps, even if okay. you're not someone addicted to anything, you know, maybe you're addicted maybe to can... chocolate. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> diet. I might need a 12 step for my diet mm -hmm. with the chocolate situation. So, but guys, what she's saying is like, you can contact, you know, I've been to, I tell a lot of my patients, like, listen, you can contact like your doctor's office. If you're dealing with some issues and say, I'm in need of a support group. Do you know of any, you can ask your church, you can go to the state, um, like the state office and ask about support groups. Actually, anyone can start a support group. I found out with the state, you just have to like register it through the state, um, you know, the social security office building, mm -hmm. the one that they have in Middletown here, but you can, you know, go there and ask about support group. I did. I called cause I wanted to start a support group mm -hmm. for motherless daughters and they told me how to go about it. I haven't had the chance to do it, but they will, um, offer you a space nice, for you to meet nice. mm -hmm, because it's like, uh, Community activity, they consider it something like that. That's what the lady told me. So if you are in need of a support group, maybe you haven't found one, start your own. That is an option. Absolutely. You can start your own. And you can ask your church, too, to see, you know, just ask around. You are not alone. At first, I thought I was the only individual in the world that had mommy issues. But it turns out I'm not. There's so many other women. So please, seek help that is the most important thing don't do this alone um even even sometimes uh checking with your insurance company oh yeah, yeah sometimes they have lists of groups too really mm -hmm. look at that we've learned something else today guys we just learning here so stacy what is your one word for my motherless daughters one word yes what is your one word of encouragement to them Mm. The and first why? one that came to my mind is faith. I don't know why Tell that them. came to my mind, but it did. I feel like we have to trust our journey. You know, sometimes our journey is hard. Sometimes it's difficult, but trusting yourself that you're going to, you're going to make progress. So faith is my, I don't know. That's just having faith in yourself, I guess, having faith in the ability to um, heal and, and be okay, you know? I love that. Yeah. Thank you. So now, one more question. Yes. Why should they listen or watch Empowering Motherless Daughters podcast? Because of you. You're amazing. <laughs> because you've done it. This person has done a lot of work on herself, so she knows. She knows what it's about, and she's you're such a support to other people. Thank you. Absolutely. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs>
what you do is so important. I know. I get so many letters and emails and, and I am here for you. I hope you know that. I have been through this journey. I'm not going to cry, but I have been through this journey. It has been a very painful one. But on the other side of this journey, I have been able to find myself. I have so much love and respect for myself, but I'm also very patient with myself. I'm very patient with the journey, with the process. Because at one point, I have done a lot of things to myself. I, I I have done a lot of things to myself to cope with my pain. And you guys know all of this. You know everything I've done from season one. And I'm still on the journey. I hope I never get off this journey, truth be told. Because I'm learning. I'm growing every day. Every day, every day I learn something so valuable to me. So from me to you, I wish you healing with this anxiety. I know it's a lot. Trust me. I know that feeling. I hate that feeling. It's awful. But I've learned to sit still. The moment I start experiencing anxiety, the moment I feel it, I sit down and I'm like, okay, why am I feeling this way? There's something that my body is asking me to do. There's a need I need to address. I sit still and I breathe and I breathe. And then from there, I'm able to start having clarity, my deep breathing. Even though I've not really been doing it quite right, I just learned today. <laughs> <laughs> but I I just I just embrace the good, the bad, the ugly, and I learn from it and I'm just like tomorrow will be better. And I work. I am an active participant in my own healing. I don't wait for someone to come from the sky to help me heal. Mm -mm. <laughs> Honey, I go out and I seek healing myself. I work on me every day. I don't wait for someone to save me cuz no one I promise you, <laughs> no one can save you if you are not an active participant into your own healing. It really so, starts with you. Mm -hmm. It really starts with the individual. Work on you. Yeah. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Thank you for having me. You're welcome, Stacey. Oh my gosh, you know I love you. Oh, I love you. I'm always talking to her, guys. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> It's just great. All right, everyone. I hope that you have enjoyed this episode. If you love this episode, please, please, please share it with someone in need of healing. Share it on all social media platforms or just plain old text messages, okay? Subscribe to our newsletter. Follow us on Instagram. Join our Facebook support group page and subscribe to the YouTube channel at The Zainab Canoe Show. Thank you for all the love and support. Until next time, be so good, be so kind, be so patient, and be so loving to yourself.